Hey, how's it going, everyone? Thank you for joining me on a new episode of the Music Reviewer Podcast. My name is Josh, and thanks for joining me on a new episode of uh, our album review series. It's been quite a while since we've last done one. Uh, the last one was uh, actually Kid Cudi's Man on the Moon 3, uh, which uh, I did on December 26th, so... Yeah, quite some time, and uh, I'm glad to be going back into these. Uh, <laughs> thanks for uh, tuning in today. Um, this is going to be episode 44. The name of the album is Drunk Tank Pink by the band Shame. Uh, pretty excited to cover this. I uh, did not actually know that they released or they were going to release an album so soon here in January. Uh, but yeah, uh, Good uh, good album to start off the new year to cover. And uh, yeah, just before we get started, I just want to let everyone know uh, the latest thing that I released on the podcast was uh, an episode of Best and Worst Track of the Week for the week of January 16th. Um, pretty interesting week overall. Some diverse um, uh, entries by uh, uh, a, a wide range of artists, uh, anything from like Glass Animals to... Florida Georgia Line, Little Dirk, uh, Air Church, Justin Bieber, Black Eyed Peas. So yeah, just a, a variety and a plethora of uh, different artists and genres. Uh, go ahead and check that episode out if you have not. But yeah, there'll be a uh, there will obviously be a new episode of Best Worst Track of the Week probably dropping after this review. Um, looks like that one might involve. Um, a mini or a full album bomb of Morgan Wallen's latest album, which I'm not too crazy about, but we'll get through it. Um, don't know if I'll end up covering that album uh, with the review by itself, but um, we'll just kind of uh, wing it on that front when I'm listening to it um, the first time. But yeah, let's go ahead and get uh, to the gist of this review. Like I said earlier, the album was from the band Shame, and the album is Drunk Tank Peak, uh, Pink, Drunk Tank Pink, which was released on January 15th um, on Dead Oceans, which is a pretty uh, prominent record label in the indie world. And according to Wikipedia, Shame are technically classified as an alternative rock band from South uh, London, uh, England. But I'd say Shame is actually more of a post-punk indie rock band that's really just more of a post-punk band that has obvious uh, contemporaries. And if you wanted to compare them to uh, bands like Idols or Proto-Martyr or Fontaine's DC, um, especially the ones that are coming out of the UK uh, or in the case of Fontaine's DC, DC, I think they're Scottish or Irish. They are kind of more along the lines of that brand of post-punk. But nonetheless, there are several post-punk bands out right now uh, that you know, have a lot of critical acclaim. And I'd say Shame definitely fits into this category. They're more the group's debut album, uh, actually released back in 2018 of January, titled Songs of Praise. Um, and they had, they received critical acclaim from publications like NME, Paste, and Clash. And that debut record did release on uh, Dead Oceans as well. And uh, like I was saying before, that label features a bunch of indie heavyweights, Phoebe Bridgers, Bright Eyes, Destroyer, even Slow Dive. Uh, there really isn't much info, though, regarding the band's origins or info about the respective band members. Um, 
I'd say, though, it's quite impressive that they uh, have uh, come so quickly into a reputation and, uh, I guess, a certain expectation of the band so quickly on their sophomore album um, uh, with, I guess, their formation or their debut album barely releasing in 2018 and i actually discovered shame uh around 2017 i believe before the band released this debut album and all i was really doing i was just looking at some old south by southwest videos uh from their performance earlier that year in 2017 i believe um and I kind of just do that, do that every year when there's a normal year uh, of South by Southwest. Uh, it's a good way of finding some pretty good bands and some up and coming artists that are probably going to be more well known within the next year or so. Uh, and that actually ended up being the case with Shame. Uh, Shame was just a random band that I ended up really being impressed by after seeing uh, some of their clips of their performance uh, of a showcase they did at Cheer Up Charlie's in Austin. Uh, and the band had a really great stage presence to them, and they sounded great. Um, I was even more intrigued when it was obvious that these guys were from across the pond and from the UK. Uh, and it's always interesting seeing a band that has made quite a journey to play in a country uh, in front of a crowd that's quite modest. Sometimes those South by Southwest crowds, especially in a place like Char Charlie's, they're really not that big. They certainly aren't uh, the same size as a uh, playing a venue such as Stubbs across the street where they're playing in front of thousands of people, which I'd say t uh, nowadays they might be able to get that sort of crowd um, in a normal year, obviously. Yeah, the rest is history. I ended up really digging the band's sound. I thought they were fun, energetic, and I thought they brought an interesting dynamic to the post-punk and indie uh, scene. Actually tacking on in that debut album, Songs of Praise, uh, I really found uh, songs like Concrete. I feel like that track really stood out off of that debut album, mainly because of the driving punk aesthetic to the track with the new wave elements fused inside it as well. Another track, One Rizla, I thought that track was reminiscent of earlier indie rock of the 2000s, even some uh, Britpop bands as well. Uh, it's a fun track and I also love the sultry nature of the lick with the slow and pronounced bass line structure in the track. Uh, the chorus on that track even sounds like something that the Smiths could have written as well. And around like the middle section of the album, most of the bulk of the album, I felt the band got lost in making tracks that were really energetic and concise, but maybe weren't uh, at the level of some of the better stuff, such as the stuff that was presented uh, earlier on the track listing. Uh, but later on, we do have some highlights with the track Angie, where we see more sensitive, uh, where we see a more sensitive side of the band where they execute a, a less aggressive aesthetic that almost sounds like it leans on some pretty traditional Britpop elements again. Um, and the track sounds like it could have be a, like a blend of an Oasis or, or Blur song. Uh, and I thought that's really the off of that debut album what made it so interesting. Uh, they managed to incorporate a lot of influences on this traditional post-punk sound and make it their own. And it was captivating. I thought it was a decent album. But now heading into this new album, Drunk Tank Pink, uh, I found that the band has tapped into another uh, sort of fr uh, filter or uh, perspective on this post-punk sound. 
uh, where I'd say it's an improvement. I'd say this album feels a little bit more mature, but it doesn't fall into uh, some of the blandness that happens in the sophomore, a typical sophomore slump of a band. I feel like they kept the energy going and kind of made it even more of a captivating album. Um, starting even with the track Alphabet, I wasn't too crazy about it. I liked the track, but I didn't find it quite to be a highlight. I do love the Chris drum track here and the pummeling bass line that's a bit muddy but energetic. And that, that kind of thing shows up several times on this album. It's a nice opening track, but I wouldn't say we get a highlight until the second track, Nigel Hitter, uh, which this track kind of just starts like this whole series of bangers on this album that I think are just excellent uh, on this track i like the upbeat and post-punk nature of the track there's a nice punchy bass riff on this track that kind of reminds me of the last pottery album that i reviewed last year um a lot of this album kind of reminds me of that album actually uh, welcome to bobby's motel um and there's there's some nice hooky guitar material as well that's thrown in the track uh, that kind of carries a, an eerie and dirty tone to it there's also another chris drum track here that i really appreciate and I just love how every voice in this song just works off of each other. Sort of like the song is connecting pieces of a puzzle. Also, I dig some of the vocal presence. There's a nice attitude presented on the closing lines of the track. And overall, it's just a solid track. The next track, Born in Luden. Uh, this track is really solid as well. There's an upbeat nature to here uh, on this track as well. There's some very rhythmic guitar parts as well with some dry textures on them and some intricate guitar work too that is a little similar to the previous track where these pieces are just kind of forming uh, a, a bigger puzzle really and coming together quite well. Uh, the track takes a left turn about a minute in where we get a moody and down-tempo B section uh, on this track. And there's a darker atmosphere that's definitely created here. Uh, but I do love the chaotic and messy nature overall in this track. This track definitely brings in a more interesting flavor to the album overall. I also dig the mechanical nature that's here on this track. There's like this rigid sort of like very linear uh, sort of, uh, I guess, nature to the track. And I really just love this uh, the build up to this climatic area on this track where uh, everything just gains more sound and just becomes so vast. Uh, it's executed quite well and it gives the track an effect uh, with this very big sound um, on here. And it gives the track a really nice effect with the very big sounding moments that are created at this moment. The next track, March Day, uh, I love the hooky intro on the guitar work as, as well. It's bright, it's playful. Um, it's another track with some upbeat nature to it as well. Uh, nice transition to the chorus with the I can't get up, I won't get up refrain. That's a very catchy moment on the album. Uh, and then also uh, on this chorus, there's a bit of some ambient nature to it. Uh, that brings a lot of energy. Also, the, there's some sour guitar lines that are just kind of the cherry on top and just makes the sound uh, of the of this track just so good. Uh, and I love the smooth guiding bass line on here that just cuts through everything. Um, it kind of reminds me of like some uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard material or pottery as well. Um, best track thus far, I think, on the album. Next track, Water in the Well, I didn't quite find to be a highlight. Although I will say this track, I heard some similarity to like some more energetic indie pop and rock uh, from that was pretty prominent in like the mid 2000s or early 2010s. Think bands like The Hives. I feel like this track is very reminiscent of that sort of thing. 
the next track, Snow Day, um, I appreciate the lovely, uh, fast and agile drum work that's presented on here. And there's a strummed opening guitar riff uh, that has a lot of character uh, and it gives the track a sort of unresolved feeling. Um, I'm not sure though if I dig uh, the transition to like this more chaotic section with a very messy, uh, with some very messy guitar work and this sort of free flowing sense to everything. But overall, I thought it was an interesting track. We really don't get much of a highlight until the next track, Human for a Minute, which I really believe is one of the better tracks on this song, is, uh, on this album as well. Um, I like the soft vocal presence here and how it gives a nice dynamic shift to everything that's presented thus far on this album and there's a really nice effect going on with like this ostinato bass line that structures the whole entire track um and this track definitely has a more ambient mood on here it's uh there's some very subtle dark colors that are thrown in that give the track a sort of mysterious nature uh and it's a really moody track um i love the line i've never felt human before you refrain uh totally dig that uh, that section of the track uh, and there's a bit of sludginess to the track as well at times and also some a lovely melodic guitar material uh, that's presented in the bridge it's definitely one of my favorite tracks on this album the next track, Great Dog, is pretty interesting as well. Uh, we get some more of this mechanical and rigid nature to things, such as like the stuff that I mentioned earlier earlier off the Pottery album. Um, and I like the upbeat and chugging nature to this track as well. There's some interesting usage of these uh, sour and ac accented guitar riffs at times. And uh, there's also a buzzy and rhythmic guitar work that structures this track. Um, and I, I kind of get like this sense of this track being very energetic and concise. And I was thinking of like bands that this reminds me of. I was thinking maybe Queens of the Stone Age, like a very light Queens of the Stone Age. And then I actually, it dawned on me to check uh, who produced this. And lo and behold, we actually ended up getting uh, James Ford, who is the uh, longtime producer of most of the Arctic Monkeys albums. Um, and Honestly, I can see a bit of Arctic Monkeys influence with the punk nature on most of these tracks. It's not so obvious, but uh, you get like certain things like the these very uh, rhythmic, punchy bass lines that can be equated to several Arctic Monkeys, uh, several Arctic Monkeys songs. Um, and then also the British flair on here as well, of course. Uh, but I'd say that... Um, if you look a little bit even deeper, uh, Queens of the Stone Age is, of course, fronted by Josh Homme, which produced uh, um, the third Arctic Monkeys album, or some of it at least, Humbug, um, which is another weird connection to Queens of the Stone Age. So, yeah, uh, just a I went off on a little bit of a tangent, but that I was thought that was worth noting. Uh, but the next track, 6-1, I, I find to be a good track as well. I like the moody opening nature to this track with the squeaky and fuzzy opening guitar rift over this Swiss, this swift and crisp drum track. Uh, nice overall mood, especially with the way the shouting vocals hover over the band. Um, I like the intricate nature here as well with all the parts fitting together, again, like a puzzle. 
and then there's a nice build-up moment in the bridge with some marching snare hits, a nice fat and buzzy bass line as well that drives everything in this climatic section later on in the track. Uh, and there's a killer transition, uh, almost seamless to the next track, Harsh Degrees, were immediately, degreeded, uh, were immediately greeted by a nice hitting and synthy bass sound that immediately transitions to another chaotic and messy sounding track uh, with some dirty guitar texture smothered all over it. And it's over this compound site time signature, which I thought was pretty cool. It gives the track some overall contrast to the rest of the album. Um, the vocals do sound a bit preachy at time, but there's an interesting presence uh, in that respect to the vocals. And the track aims to be very climatic and have a lot of presence uh, another killer good drum track though on this uh, just sounds so precise and crisp uh, it's interesting tracks there's also some nice subtle synth elements to it that i thought were interesting and then we're pretty much at the end of the album with the last track station wagon now i don't really quite find this a highlight in terms of the overall um <clears throat> grand uh, picture but i think station wagon is an excellent closer um, <clears throat> it's more of a simmered, uh, simmered down track, uh, where we get a nice simple bass riff that greets you on here. And that creates a really low key mood along with the drums that provide a nice accompaniment for the vocalist to perform over. And it's executed quite well. Um, I love the questioning sounding guitar lines that are thrown in the verses. It kind of creates an uncertain mood to this track. And there's even some crispy piano chords that create a nice effect as well uh, to add some more flavor. And probably uh, this is probably one of the more moodier uh, moments on the album with respect to the other track, Human for a Minute. Um, but uh, here there's a B section that has a dramatic shift with a monologue talking section that's thrown in that feels very poetic. And then we get like this huge buildup with these pulsing eighth notes uh, that the band just kind of aims to go in a very dramatic and climatic ending that kind of just builds and gets louder and messier uh, as it progresses. And it's a, just a very grandiose way to end this album. Um, but yeah, a lot of this album was just super con uh, consistent, uh, energetic, uh, not really any dull moments. At times there are a bit of like uh, repetitive, there is a sense of repetitiveness in some tracks where the riff uh, is just kind of like the whole entire song and it's just looped over and over again. But I feel like for the most part, this album is very captivating. And honestly, I'm getting the, sen the same sense of enjoyment from when I reviewed uh, Pottery's album, uh, Welcome to Bobby's Motel. I see a lot of parallels uh, to that album. But I feel like uh, this album is just as good and it has its own uh, character and nature to it. Um, and I just think this is uh, this was worth the listen, honestly. Um, if you uh, plan to listen to this album, I would say definitely don't uh, prolong it because this is quite good. Um, I thoroughly think that this band is barely scratching the surface as well like especially uh on areas where i even hear when i even hear some synth work thrown in i feel like that can be uh explored further to create a even darker uh sound uh for um shame <laughs> i was about to call them pottery uh, but shame uh even tracks like human for a minute i would love for them to explore that sort of songwriting style and uh, aesthetic a little bit further um but yeah uh just so, some solid uh tracks and i'm feeling an eight out of ten if i had to uh, score it um if you are um a fan of shame 
I think there's a high possibility you're really going to like this album. Especially if you're a fan of the sound of bands like Idols and stuff like that. Uh, if you're like an indie rock or punk rock listener. Also think if you're uh, big on like rhythm, um, just uh, fast, energetic, uh, very sometimes intricate parts, you might really appreciate this album as well. Um, I, I think this album for the typical rock listener even, there should be some things... Uh, most people can appreciate but yeah eight out of ten on here uh great way to start the year off in terms of reviews um yeah i don't i uh, i'm excited to see what this year holds in terms of music but anyways if you stuck with me to the end of this review thanks for listening to this episode of the music reader podcast if you want to leave some feedback on youtube good or bad go ahead and like and subscribe leave a comment I'm all ears, but also subscribe on your respective streaming service as well. And yeah, I'll catch you guys later.